This is Ari Koretsky and welcome to Jews You Should Know, introducing the broader community to interesting and inspiring Jewish men and women making a difference in our world. Some are already famous, some not yet so, but each is a Jew you should know. We are back with another fabulous episode of Jews You Should Know. I've been traveling quite a lot over the last couple of weeks, Israel and Florida, so it's been a little bit hard to stay on schedule, but I'm trying. Thanks for your forbearance, and we'll hopefully get back to a more regular schedule. I have some great interviews lined up, some more in process, and of course, some already in the hopper. Speaking of which, normally I like to backload my episodes and sometimes even for a couple of months. When I went to Israel last summer, I had 25 interviews saved up, which was like storage for the whole winter. (laughs) But this particular episode, I did only last week. And I was so excited to get it up. I just couldn't contain myself because this is a man who is at the center of perhaps the most important place, the most interesting place, the most complicated place in the world, and that is the Kotel, the Western Wall, Wailing Wall, in the old city of Jerusalem. Rabbi Suli Eliav is the manager of the Western Wall Heritage Foundation. They control all of the archaeological digging, together with the government ministry, the antiquities. They deal with all the tourism there, all the incredible ceremonies and events that go on at the Western Wall with dignitaries and military personnel, so much more. Rabbi Suli is at the center of all of that. It's an incredible perch from which to observe the Jewish world and from which to influence it. I had the pleasure of meeting Suli last week, my last day in Israel, one of my last activities there. I got to see his office in the old city and also meet with him outside the old city in a yeshiva where he studies a couple of hours a day near the Machanei Yehuda Shuk, near the Jerusalem market, a really interesting and unique yeshiva, a Kabbalistic yeshiva, which he'll talk about a little bit at the beginning of our conversation. One of the really neat experiences I had was getting to feel like a major VIP driving through the actual gate of the Kotel. Suli got me the super cool parking right there. When you, at the bottom of the, of the hill by the Kotel, you drive in through the the gate especially opened up. I felt like uh, some big shot, and that was really good for my ego and uh, a cool experience. I took pictures and even videoed myself driving through the gate. So that is available upon request. In any event, as always, please subscribe and tell others to do so as well. Either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word again. And follow us on social media at Jews You Should Know, spelled out fully on Instagram and Facebook. Jews You Should Know with the letter U on Twitter. Email with speaking engagement requests, as well as questions and comments. Jews You Should Know at gmail.com. And just one final note, the audio was excellent throughout. However, the last seven or eight minutes after the 36, 37 minute mark, We did have some feedback interference issues in our recording, so it's still passable, but not as good as the rest of the interview. So please stick with it because it's really worthwhile. And now to our 
amazing conversation with manager, director of the Western Wall Heritage Foundation, Rabbi Suli Eliyav. We are here with Rabbi Suli Eliyav, the director of the Western Wall Heritage Foundation. And we are actually not meeting at the, at the wall. We are meeting at a yeshiva where he studies uh, some of the day. It's called the Yeshiva Mekubalim, which means the Yeshiva for Kabbalists, which is a very interesting title. So, Suli, first of all, how are you? <laughs> Great. Very exciting. What is this Yeshiva? What is this place where we're sitting? Wow, this is one of the important places in uh, Israel, in Jerusalem. Here, people coming to learn Torah, but not only to, to learn uh, the Psukim and uh, the Gemara, to learn the secret. What does it mean, the secret? The secret, it means the special connection, how all the Ruchnius coming from Hashem till the world. And this is a... Uh, this uh, make us to love Hashem more and more. It's not to see what it's allowed and not allowed. It's to understand how Hashem giving the life to everything in the world, every tree, every stone, every element, every person. How Hashem give the the the, the life. Ve'atam kulam. How Hashem give the life to everything in the world and that's make us understand try to understand how Hashem is very big and how Hashem love us and that's make us love Hashem more and more amazing so this is really a place where people are studying the Kabbalah I guess and the mystical aspects of Judaism um, which is unusual for a yeshiva that's right people learn here Shulchan Aruch also but uh, more than it they learn uh, Kabbalah. Beautiful. How long have you been studying in this particular place? Almost uh, 20 years. Wow. And what brought you here? Why are you attracted to this kind of learning? Because I feel special feeling. Special feeling. Baruch Hashem, I, I learned in, in Yeshiva in Alon Shvut in Gush Etzion 10 years. And before I learned in uh, Kfar Roe, 4 years. And then, every day I try from uh, 3.30 p.m. till 6.30 p.m. to sit here. And special feeling, it's, it's, it's another Torah. Okay, so anyway, that's just where we are now. But take me back to where you came from. Where were you raised? Obviously here in Israel. What's, where's your family from? What's your origins? My parents came from Morocco. It took them 11 months. My mother on the trip to Israel was pregnant. And three months after they started the, the trip, Baruch Hashem, my brother born. And she did it in a tent, very quiet, because she didn't want that someone will hear and she don't want that someone will take her back to Morocco because she wants to come to Israel. And they came to Israel and Baruch Hashem, we live in Givatayim, Givatayim near Ramat Gan, near Tel Aviv. I grew up in Givatayim and like I said, I was in a 
כפר ראל, אפטר אין אלון ז'וות, אפטר אין דה-ארמי. ואני זוכר את הפרסט טיים שאני קם לאולד סיטי, אני מרגיש מיוחד. I, I feel a special connection to this. How old were you? Were you a child then? How old no, no. It was uh, when I was, was uh, when I was 15 years old. By the way, I remember the Sixth Day War. It was very afraid and, and we, we, we tried to, to be strong. I was little kids and I tried to look to, the, to my parents' eyes and I, I saw how they afraid. But in the middle of the war, let's say three days after it, we heard that Bur Hashem we came back to Hevron, we came back to Marata Mahpala, Vekeverhel, Betlechem. And then when I heard that we came back to Jerusalem, all the people came out from their houses and danced, and it was special. feeling I didn't understood why because I was, I was uh, 10 years old but then when I came to the old city first time I feel very special feeling and then when uh, my wife Ilana she born in Mansi oh, yeah she is American <laughs> and the first time when we came for Shabbat someone invited us and Wow, that was very, very... When did your wife move to the... Uh, to Israel? When she was seven years old. Okay, so she really grew up... Grew up, yes. In Israel, okay. Yes. Special uh, family, she had, Baruch Hashem. And uh, then, I remember one day, my friend told me that uh, in the Western Wall, we found rooms. And I wrote a letter... To Burg. Burg was the minister, the religious minister. And I told him, look, we have uh, some rooms and let's do something there because people are coming to the Western Wall and they, not, they don't know how to, to daven. How to pray, yeah. How to pray. And let's do something for a special experience to understand what is... The worst role for us. Where were these rooms? In the side of, uh, of the plaza. Today it's the entrance to the tunnels. And he didn't answer me, but when Zvulun Hammer was a minister, they gave me the, the, the opportunity, the permission to find some plan how to use it. And that's how it started. So how old were you when this happened? You must have been very young. Yes, uh, almost uh, 28 years old. So this was in the, in the 70s or 80s? In the 70s. In the 70s. So you just had the idea to take a room in, near the wall and to do something for people. That's right, because even today, most of the people who are coming to the Western Wall, today it's 12 million people a year. Most of them don't know how to, to daven, how to pray. But after the tour in the tunnels, everyone feel deep feeling and everyone understand that it's a very special place. In the last five years, we decided to bring every end of week commanders in the army, commanders and students. 
to learn Jerusalem, to ask them questions, what is Jerusalem for you? I always tell them a story that one day someone came to my office and he asked to work here. He says, I don't have any free job. He says, maybe it will be a little hard to you. He said, no, it's my dream. He says, if your dream, do whatever you want. And every day he came and he cleaned the stones. One day he invited me to his grandchild bar mitzvah. And I says to his son, your uh, father, real man, she always happy. Every bar mitzvah kids give him some, uh, some present. So let me tell you a story that he told to my wife two weeks ago. He told to my wife when he was in the Holocaust. And every morning they wait to the breakfast. Piece of bread. And the German commander says to them, are you dreaming to come back to Jerusalem? From the chimneys will go out. You never see Jerusalem. And he says, when I came back, when I came to Jerusalem, I cleaned the stone. This is the answer that I give to this German. And I'm so sorry that the new generation don't understand what was Jerusalem for us. A source of belief, of hope. They kill all my family around. But I always says, next in Yerushalayim. I didn't know what is Jerusalem. It's mountains, it's, it's houses. It's... But that's what my grandfather says. And that's what I says. When we heard this story, we decided to bring every Jewish heart to the Western world or the Western world to every Jewish heart in the world. Incredible. And I want to get to that. But starting back when you began, you had this idea to do something over there. What did you start with? Like, how did you jump in? We decided just to clean the rooms to clean the continuation of the Western Wall, to put dramatic lights, and to bring professional guide. Mm. That's it. And then group after group after group after group, thank God. Now, more than million and 300,000 people, our guide touched them. Now, only in the tunnels, but speaking to them, taking them, explain them. So did you get money from the government from the beginning? Yes, yes. From the beginning, we get money. I must tell that I really feel like Moses, Moshe. <laughs> he just was in the desert and something from himself, Hashem spoke with him, you have a mission. That's exactly what I feel. That that's something deep from myself. Take me more and more. It's it's stronger than me. And I try just to fix the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because I think that if we're looking, let's says only three thousand years ago from King David, how all the Bible. It says that one year we will come back to Israel, we will build Jerusalem again. It will be for sure. And now I see how Hashem fixed the way, step by step, step by step. And Baruch Hashem, it's a miracle. It's, it's, it's more, more than Hashem what I think that I'm doing. I just don't, don't bother Hashem to do it. That's it. So you, were, you started having guides and things like that in the wall. And... Did you offer, did you want to offer classes? Did you offer like p people how to pray? You, like, in this what did you period, do for people? I'll tell you, in this period, 
was bombs on Kiryat Shmona in the north. And I decided to bring bar mitzvah kids from Kiryat Shmona to Yerushalayim. Why bar mitzvah? Because bar mitzvah in Western wall, it's been... Uh, no one need any exclamation. Why? Bar mitzvah coming to the court. And why Kiryat Shmona? Because when I will bring money to, to class, classrooms in Kiryat Shmona, they will be happy to go out from the bombs around. And then I ask one is very, very famous singer is in Israel, Yoram Gaon. I ask him to come with me to meet the mayor of Kiryat Shmona. We ask the mayor to bring all the, the managers of the schools. We spoke to them. I raised money to rent airplanes. And we brought all the bar mitzvahs from Kiryat Shmona. By airplane? By airplanes. To Atarot, to Yerushalayim. Wow. Now they close it. But it was an airport here. And then, and then that's how we start. And then it's, we were very successful. It was a very big experience to them. And then when all the other schools saw that they were enjoy, that's was the beginning. That's how we start. So you started having groups coming and, and, and touring them around and things like that. And, and guided tours. Guided tours. But this is before the, the tunnels were really developed, right? Mm-hmm. This is before the actual hotel tunnels that's right. were that's dug right. out. That's and, right. And every day we still digging. When they say before the tunnel, it's every day we are digging more and more and more and more. It's before we found a lot of rooms around that that's what we found now. But I remember it's before, I don't know if you know, but in the end of the tunnels, we found original water tunnel from the Hashmanian period, from Yehuda Maccabi. But before we found it. And then we all the way continue dig more and more and more and uh, find more antiquities. So over the years, obviously, this, this grew and grew, right? You, you started, I guess the government gave you more money to hire a staff. We raised more. Raise more money and the government giving matching. Ah, so you had matching money from the government, from the government. for what you brought in privately. And what were your goals to, to do to really, because you're at the most amazing site in the world. I mean, there's so much to do. What did you think, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you wanted to start to do to grow this, to make it bigger, to make more happen? We must always remember, it's very interesting and important to dig in the, in the stones, but it's more important to dig in the hearts. And we want to do it together. To to discover, to find everything about the old city from, let's say, from uh, 2,500 years ago till our period. But all the time, we think how to bring more and more people to the Western world or how to bring the Western world to every Jewish heart in the world. And all the time, we have... We have the, the ideas. For example, we open a visitor center. You are in chain of generations because it's very important to us that everyone who come to the Western world to understand that he is a, another link of very long chain. 
And then we start to speak about the chain, how it's very important to keep your link very strong. And why it's important to keep it strong. And why all the generation before did to keep it strong. And then we open the journey of Jerusalem. The journey of Jerusalem, everyone come and he, he right from where his grandfather came. And after 45 minutes was a combination between private screen and 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 uh, and public screen and movies everyone understand that if he is sitting here in Jerusalem it's only because all his family keep the chain very strong that's what i says we are digging in the stones we are digging the heart in the same time over the years what became under the control of your foundation of under the shlita of your um, of your organization, what parts of the Kotel do you manage and, and, and the whole area, what are you actually overseeing? First, our responsibility, it's from the gate to the plaza until the end of the tunnel, it's in the Via Dolorosa Street. It's a very wide place. And, and we took all those area, we cut it for a lot of uh, parts, and every time we're digging in another part, and we open it to the public another part, and then it's, we came to be... So do you, is the digging under your organization? Yes. The, the archaeology happens through your... All the digging, all the education issues, and everything... How to keep the Sifre Torah, the Sidurim, the every, every, everything that someone come, came to the, the plaza, it's our responsibility. So how do you, do you hire archaeologists that work for you full time or just when you need them? How does it work? It's work. We are working with the Antiquities Authority in Israel. They, they with us, we, we try to find the right place to dig they giving the archaeologists and we are giving the workers. And that's how it works. Interesting. Okay, so you bring the uh, the actual diggers. That's right, the diggers. Are they professionals or are they volunteers? No, no it's, it's not, and they're not professional. Part of them volunteers, part of them no. Now we start with the Antiquities Authority program to bring students for four days. Two days they learn in Yerushalayim in two days, they are digging. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Because they feel that the history, it's not a boring course in the school. The history, it's part of them. And anybody could come and do this? Anybody who wants to sign up? Not anybody. It must be under the, the, the schools, or I don't remember how the Antiquity Authority gave us. So these are Israelis only. What if somebody from overseas wants to do it? If, if they will want, welcome. <laughs> so... I'm so curious. I want to talk about some of the things going on today, but there's there's so much that happens at the Western Wall. Again, it's probably the most focused on and complicated place in the world. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you an example. A lot of official guests of Israel are coming to visit us. Even this week will be the Prime Minister Pence will be a second time. Like, you know, uh, the President. 
So what happens when these when these leaders come to the Western Wall? How much are you involved with that? How much is it the government ministries that do it? I'll tell you, it's a very important question. Till, uh, let's say, uh, a year ago, all of them came for 20 minutes to pray. Obama, for example. Obama, yes. But then our prime minister decided that it's very important to... Ask them to come for hour and a half to the tunnels. And I'm taking them hour and a half. And we show them a new model and presentation and pictures and antiquities. And after hour and a half, I feel that they understand that Jerusalem for us, it's more than art. It's more than home. For the Jewish people, even it's the first time they coming to the Western Wall of to, to 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 Jerusalem, I think that they feel home, and that's what we try to. Can you share any stories of any particular leaders that have come that you've gotten to meet that you've shown them around? Yes, one of the official guests of Israel, he was the president of the OECD. OECD is the the big organization that they decided uh, how high the discount of every country will be. And they told me that he don't want to make his uh, meeting in Jerusalem, only in Tel Aviv. Because of politics. Politics. And I met them and I asked them how much time we have. He says, uh, 40 minutes. And then we started the tour and I gave him to dig and I showed them how Jerusalem speaking from the antiquities and I told them, like I said to every official guest of Israel, try to imagine that someone from uh, your nation going to every other place and you come to visit him after 100 years who will remember you, after 500 years no one will remember. It's impossible that someone from Greece will be in every other place and under a thousand years his grand grand grandchild will say next year in Atuna. <laughs> <laughs> and I says to him you are from Mexico. It's impossible that after a thousand years will say next year in Mexico City. He says, do you understand that the Jewish people after 2,000 years, always says, next year in Yerushalayim. And then, I must tell you, he says to me, I don't understand it, but I can ask you hard question. says, please. says, your new generation understand it? That it's a miracle that after 2,000 years you're coming to Yerushalayim? says, wow, you're right. That's our responsibility to bring the new generation and to let them not understand, feel that we came back home. This is a very important conversation that I had I have with him. What are you doing nowadays to try to bring people, the young generation, home to Jerusalem and, and also to bring Jerusalem to them? First, we have a new program that 
people coming now to see the trip of Jerusalem, the program that I, that, that I told you about it before. Now we change it and it's in the website and everyone can see it in his phone and he can understand how was the Jewish trip from Jerusalem to, the, to Jerusalem 2,000 years. And in the website, it's in all the world. I think that if someone will, will understand, like I said, that he is part of a very in, important and a very long chain, that was the first step for us. Also, we start another uh, important uh, program, 3D in, in the Western world, and I want to take it to the world around, to all the schools, all the universities. We did a pilot in uh, Mexico, it was very success successful, and in Mitzvah I want to do it in the States now, I think that this is our responsibility. I always says, I must tell you, we have a very important uh, program that we bring people, they are survivors in the Holocaust, they 85 years old, and they never had a bar mitzvah. And we are make them a bar mitzvah. Wow. Every two weeks, another group. In every two weeks, another unit in the army coming to take them on their sh shoulders and to make them bar mitzvah. And I think that part of them don't want to come because they feel the Western world, it's hard about all the, what happened in the Holocaust. I said to them, please, give me only four hours from your life come to our bus and that's it. And we will dance with you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Anachno Avim Otcha. Hashem, we love you. And I says to them, please don't leave this world even one time to say, to say Hashem, I love you. Even you was in the Holocaust and even it was very hard. I understand that it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. But when they coming to the Western world, something happened to their heart. And I want to tell you a story. In the last group that I met them, in the middle of the, of the meals, some of them, of the survivors, come to me and says, can I tell you a story? I says, yes. I says, look, I born in a church. We hate, hate Jewish people. One day, when I was I play with my friends. Very old people came. Very tired. Was out teeth. And she came and she says, she says to me, you know, I'm your mother. Wow. I was very, uh, I, I, I says, go away. I don't want to see you. Go away. She was very embarrassed. She cried and, and she left, 
and I think that she will never come again. Another three months she came and she gave me a sandwich. I took it and I says, look, I'm very embarrassed of you. Go away, I don't want to see you. Cry and left. One day she came and she brought me shoes. I says, shoes? says, do you know what was shoes for us? It was very important. We, we didn't have shoes. And I was very excited. I put my shoes on. And she, she says, can I ask you a question? Says, yes. Says, do you remember when you was little kids, before you left the house, old people put your his hand on your head and bless you? Says, wow, I remember. Do you remember in the other corner of the room was little girl cry, cry? She says, yes, I remember. Says, he was your grandfather and she was your mother, myself, and you are a Jewish. Do you know how many years I just... I just tried to meet you and to say, are you Jewish? And then we understood how it was very hard to him to understand that the person that he very hates, that is himself, Jewish. And he says, I came to the Western world and now I'm very proud I'm Jewish people. I'm part of the Jewish nation. And that's what the Western world doing to the people. And that's what we try. It's an incredible power that, that the wall has. No, no doubt about it. I want to ask you some, some more practical kinds of things. How does it work in terms of you and the, the foundation that you run with all the other organizations and groups that are there? You have uh, different yeshivot, different schools. You have Eishat Torah and the Nitivarie and Yeshivat HaKotel and... Do you have a relationship with all these groups? Do you work together on different things? How does it? How does this work we have, together? We have a very good re- relationship with every everyone around, but we are under the government, and the government must be be very clear. They they don't they they cannot work with every private organization. It's it's depend what's the plan. If the plan is the same thing, we can make something together. But it must be very clear. It must be very uh, uh, yes. That that it must be that the 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 both of us us wants the same thing exactly. And you also work with. There's a rabbi at the Western Wall, right, Rabbi Rabinovich? Work together, very love each part other. Of, is he part of part, the organization? Part of the organization. Every day together, every decision together, love each other. I think that even we look a little different, but we understand that the Jewish people, it's the same heart. So what's his role as opposed to your role? He is the head of the organization. I am the manager of it. This is the difference. So he's the ultimate authority at the end of the day? Yes. And, you know, I, I know that this is a little bit more sensitive, but there's challenges. As we said, it's a complicated place, the Western Wall. And there's challenges... There's challenges both religiously and politically. And I know we have to start to wrap up, but 
tell me about how you navigate, how you deal with the challenges in each of these areas. Religiously, meaning you have other groups saying, we want to do something here, we want to do it this way, we want to do it that way. And of course, politically, the whole world saying, is this really belonging to the Jews? And all of that, there's so much difficulty and conflict around this place. I'm very, very happy to say that the rabbi and myself and the head of government that we are under the head of government office decided no political issues. And that's why all of the political people in Israel, not only with us, they involved, they helped, because this is like another territory. Another territory that we are thinking all about the the, the religious issue, issues, the the educational issues. This is the idea. The idea, the idea is that that here we we keep it clean, we keep it clean, and and that's why Baruch Hashem, a lot of years, no one's bother us. But even the fact that we're in the old city and in the East Jerusalem. People are upset about that. How do you deal with that? You know, just by being there, just by digging, we're saying that that's a political statement, that Jerusalem belongs to the Jews. I believe that if you open all your works to everyone, it's very easy, no secret. Even, even the Arabs, I ask them, come, see. What we're doing, we support the houses, above us. We're digging down to show the history to everyone, to Jewish, to not Jewish, all the groups, Israelis and, and tourists. And it's, it's, this is the way. And that's why everyone understand that for us, we really want to, to teach the history, to, to, to let everyone understand that if you look to the past, you'll find the future. And Jerusalem, it's like a mirror of the past. If you know to look to every level of stones and to learn the message from every period, you will learn the past and you'll find the, the, the future. And it doesn't matter who are you. This is history. And Jerusalem, it's open to everyone. But when you dug, dug the tunnels many years ago, or a number of years ago, there was a lot of issues. The Arabs got very upset, right? And the, and the entrance that was made into the Arab quarter? It's only in the newspapers. But in fact, Baruch Hashem, we're digging, we support, we discover. And what about the religious challenges? How do you deal with people coming to you from different places, saying, we want to do this, we want to do that? Look, we have a very important uh, board. And they decided what we need to do. It doesn't matter what everyone says. It's because we try to take all the opinions and, and to do what we really, Jerusalem, need to do. And, and, and that's how we make decisions. And, and Baruch Hashem, because it's very clean, it's very open. It's, it's, I think that everyone who come to understand what we are doing and how we're doing and how we open it to the public, we understand that it's the right decision. Last question, uh, Rav Suli. Tell me, what, what's your dream for the future? What do you want to see still to happen at the Western Wall? It, it's such an amazing place. What can you still do more to bring more people to make it more of a, of a 
an attraction to Jewish people around the world? First, I really want to tell all the Jewish people around the world, don't leave the, the world before they came to Jerusalem. When we understood that only 12% of the Jewish people in the States came even one time to Israel, I was very upset, very sad, because I think that maybe Miami Beach have beach beautiful, better than Israel. But history, but the hearts, but your hearts, it's only here. And I think my dream is that all the Jewish people will understand that they have a big responsibility about the new generations to let them understand let them understand that this is our heart I want to tell you something and, and to finish here when I have a meeting conversation with serious people high commanders in the army I always say to them Let's make conversation between parents and kids in the Crusaders period. A thousand years ago. And the kids asked the parents, look, I'm afraid to be outside the home almost uh, six months. You, my father or daddy, don't work maybe two months. The Christians killed quarter of our community. Thousand years we're not in Israel, we're here in every place in the world. Let me break the chain. I really want to be like all of my friends. Why I must be afraid all the time? And I ask everyone in the group, you are the father, you are the mother, give them the answer. Always remember, if you not give them the right answer, when they will be parents, they not will give them the, the right answer. And also remember that all your family gave the right answers. That's why you're here. That's why you are now the other link in the chain. And my dream that everyone will know the, 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 the teach the right answer. How are you going to do it? What's going to come? What are you going to do at the Kotel to make that happen? We bring them to the trip of the Jerusalem. We bring them to you are a chain of generation. We bring them end of week to learn with them. Not only two hours to put a fiddle in a Kotel in the Western world. And to listen to them. It's deep conversation. And in the end of it, I hope that they think about it more and more. Rabbi Suli Eliyav, director of the Western Wall Foundation, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Ari Koretsky on Jews You Should Know. Please visit us at jewsyoushouldknow.com and subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you consume podcasts. Find us on social media at Jews You Should Know. 
If you'd like to become a supporter of this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And you can do so by visiting patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jews You Should Know. Finally, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and introduce many more people to Jews You Should Know.